Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today, oh holy happy days, I have actually managed to finish a fiction book. For the last week I've been pulling books from my collection, trying to read them, and I ended up with two duds, and then I landed on this one. So be aware that my review of it may be coloured by the fact that it was the first of three that I managed to actually finish. Um, but I quite enjoyed this book. It's called A Witch in Winter. It's the start of a trilogy by Ruth Warburton. And uh, the blurb is one of those annoying blurbs that's sort of like the Wicker series where it seems kind of like stream of consciousness or not really connected to anything. But it goes thusly. When love is tangled up in magic, how do you know what's real? When Anna meets Seth, it's magic, but her hidden powers unleash a spell that sparks a war among witches and enslaves Seth's heart. That doesn't really tell you a huge amount about the story which is why I'm here, to tell you basically everything about the story. I've seen some Goodreads reviews of this book which call it a Twilight ripoff, basically just the Twilight series but with witches, and I have to kind of heartily disagree with that entirely, because what Twilight did in like four books, this book does in like one book, and in a slightly more interesting way. The protagonist, Anna, is definitely no Bella Swan, uh, because she has a lot more solidness to her. She makes decisions in this book and she doesn't make the same kind of silly plays that a lot of YA protagonists do. For example, there comes a point where she is trying to get Seth to um, leave her because she's worried that being with her causes him to be in danger. And he says, well, even if I wasn't with you, I'd still matter to you, so I'm in danger either way. And she's like... Yeah, actually, that makes fucking sense. So, basically, if this author had written New Moon, New Moon would not exist. I think we'd all be happier. Uh, but I like the main character. She makes some mistakes, yes, but her decisions following those mistakes are sort of rooted in logic. She's quite an easy main character to get along with. I did like the plot. I'll go into the plot in a moment. First, I'm just going to go over my main gripe, which... I only have really the one, but I thought I'd mention it because it was nearly the thing that made me not finish the book, which is a little harsh, I know, but there's two occasions where this occurs, and I thought I'd mention it because I did go back and I did reread them, and I couldn't for the life of me find a way that I had been mistaken when I first read it. Essentially, this problem happens twice. The first time, although Anna is aware that Seth has a girlfriend, she later identifies Catherine when Seth is not around. So it's not like, oh, the girl with Seth, I assume that's his girlfriend. She identifies her physically and goes, ah, there's Caroline. Caroline or Catherine? Caroline. There's Caroline, even though she doesn't know anything about what Caroline looks like and has never seen her before. But slightly more obviously, she goes into an English class and is stared at by this girl with dark hair and glasses who doesn't seem to like her and at the end of the class she goes over and says hi I'm Anna what's your name the girl does not introduce herself she just says something like I know who you are and then leaves but then later when Anna returns to English class on a different day she says oh over there is Emmeline and I was like who the fuck is Emmeline because she had never previously been told this information now, either this is some magical power that Anna has as a witch, which is not mentioned at any point in this novel, or the author forgot who was meant to know what, or went and cut out sections where Anna found these things out and then forgot to add that information in elsewhere. But it was such a weird thing to happen that I nearly just 
stop reading the book because it felt quite careless and to be honest after two failures I was primed to just chuck this book away uh, but I'm glad I didn't because it was quite interesting so the book features Anna main character extraordinaire she and her dad move into this enormous manor in the middle of the woods which is quite decrepit because he has lost his job as a stockbroker and had kind of a nervous breakdown so he's used his savings to buy this house because they can't afford to live in london anymore okay i will buy that it sort of reminded me of the beginning of the casper movie with christina ricci in it you know the one yeah that one uh, so they move into this house uh, anna very quickly discovers a half-burned book of spells which her father digs out of a disused bread oven she thinks the whole thing is kind of silly and so does one with some new friends that she's made at school and none of the other girls get the object of their desire but suddenly bad boy seth is obsessed with her and she starts to freak out and wonder oh shit did i do the magics so she does a number of undoing spells i think she tries like three times to undo the spell each time going for a bigger and badder undoing spell from the half buttoned book of magic uh, and then it eventually causes a massive storm by accident, which is kind of a big deal because Winter, the town that they've moved near, or village that they've moved near, is on the coast. It's a fishing village. A big storm kind of will fuck that up. Um, so two neighbourhood witches, Emmeline, who she goes to school with, and her mother Maya, arrive at her house to tell her to kindly knock it off, please, and then discover that Anna has no idea what she's doing, didn't know she was a witch. And this is put down to the fact that her mother mysteriously vanished when she was just a wee baby. And she's been raised only by her dad with no contact with her mother's family or indeed awareness of who they might be. And her dad seems unable or unwilling to talk about her mother at all. So Anna had no idea. But in typical YA tradition, she turns out to be amazingly powerful and much in demand. What I liked about the opening of the book is that it's kind of a little bit cliche in that you know, she does this love spell and then suddenly has the object of her desire and realises magic is real. Kind of reminded me of the first book in the Circle of Three series. I'm sure it's happened in other books, films, etc. But what I liked about this is that she instantly kind of grasps what she's done and is horrified by it. She realises that Seth is acting really strange. He tries to kiss her without much preamble and breaks up with his girlfriend. And she's like, oh, no. I've ruined this man's life so she tries to undo the spell and even when she's tried to undo it three times and yet he still won't go away she doesn't allow herself to believe that he's actually in love with her and that the spell although kind of a catalyst to them actually meeting isn't the reason that he has feelings for her so it's kind of this lovey-dovey subplot going on but i liked the fact that that whole love spell thing was addressed in quite a forthright way and isn't the whole of the plot the whole of the plot kind of happens from like the midpoint onwards because Anna is introduced to Maya, uh, Maya's like family and circle of witchy friends. They talk to her a little bit and basically bring up the idea that there's this witchy high council with a name that I can't pronounce that cracks down on people who use magic on normies. Um, I think they call them outwiths. Um, I don't know why. The witches are just called witches, but we're told that witch is kind of an offensive word, whatever. They kind of crack down on using magic in front of mundane people, on mundane people, but they're mainly concerned with secrecy and not actually the welfare of those people, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, it's only when Anna starts like 
flexing her magical muscles, that she's approached by a teacher at her new school who turns out to be a member of the High Council, who tries to recruit her because she has enormous power and they can teach her what to do with it. To her credit, she senses that this is bad road all up and down and refuses and then they try and sort of pressure her into it by extracting a promise from her that she will never use magic in front of or against anyone else and then they proceed to try and kill her dad and when that doesn't work try and kill seth who's her new boyfriend in order to try and get her to use magic to save them and when she inevitably does they crack down on her and then try and force her into joining them or it will be all-out war and the village of winter will be collateral damage again i kind of liked how this was handled because she wasn't taken in by them she had like a brief wobble where she was like oh maybe i should but then had good instincts and followed them which is a lot to ask from a ya protagonist especially a female one um and even when she was like oh maybe i should fling myself on my sword and protect you guys everyone else was like no we will stand up for you so it's not just the main character i like but also the framework of people around her that stop her making stupid decisions but also the fact that she's not running away from them to make those decisions leaving them to kind of catch up with her and save her later so i liked the book's structure i liked although it wasn't terribly original again with this like council of high elders it felt a little bit volturi-ish for a minute there but it's not terribly original material but the framing of it the, the way the character is working with the plot elements they've been given feels more original than the sum of its parts is what i'm gonna say one thing i particularly liked is that we get a magical lesson which i know i haven't done since like the early days of the podcast but i'll read it to you it's on page 306 it says uh, that there is a saying, the right time and tide does half the work, the wrong makes half again. What it means is that magic works best when it works with the tide, not against it. We were already despondent and depressed. Coming on top of that, the spell worked far better than it should have done. So a pretty basic lesson, but one nonetheless, uh, especially because they're talking about the tide and most of what Anna does seems to be accidentally affecting weather with her moods. Uh, which I kind of liked. It was a step away from some of the more like Sabrina the Teenage Witch style of magic, you know, accidentally hexing or cursing people, moving things with your mind. It felt a little teeny bit more original than that. Uh, one other thing that she does is that she manages to turn a dead branch into a living apple tree, which is quite cool. So I liked the magic in that. I liked the sort of magical wisdom that was worked into the book, elementary as it may have been. And I also like the fact that this is not a series of like 200 books. Look at a Jewwicker series. This is a three part trilogy. Although the books are, as I've said, like over 300 pages long, uh, they are in quite big font with quite large margins. So I think they could have been shorter than that, but they're not. So they are quite easy to read. You're flipping pages all the time. They are quite easy to get through. And I found it quite compelling because I genuinely wanted to know about the mysteries. Some of them were solved, it has like a self-contained plot, but some of them were left to trail into a sequel, which I will now be reading, um, such as where her mother is, what happened. She does hear a mysterious voice say something about her mother in the climactic battle, uh, which I'm not going to tell you because go and read the book. 
Um, but we, we find out very little about that. Her dad still doesn't spill the beans on that subject. We don't find out who owned the magic book. I don't know if that's going to become important. There is kind of a mysterious legend about her house being the witch's house. So maybe that's all there is to it. Or maybe it's a specific witch. We don't know. We still don't know why she was in such demand. Why they wanted her to work for the witch council. What her special particular power might be. Several of the other witches have the powers of like foresight and they had previously established that no one has the ability to bring people back from the dead with magic which made me think that that's what her power was going to be and there's a bit at the end where someone's kind of dead and she's like no don't die and I was like aha are we now going to see what's going on but no she is saved by the unlikely intervention of Seth's granddad who's like a really old crusty fisherman who lives on a very small island out in the bay. He knows on sight that Anna is a witch and doesn't approve of her relationship with Seth because he says witch kind and humankind should not mix together. And he does something while giving her like CPR. He like touches her neck and moves his lips almost as if dot 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 is basically the line. And then the person that he's tending to comes back so unclear what his whole deal is but i'm very interested to know what that's about as for seth himself and the whole like love story he's not a particularly objectionable character he we're told that he's a bad boy but then he has good reasons for all of the bad boy stuff he did so classic having your bad boy and eating it uh, there also seems to be a kind of love triangle forming which i could not care less about but there's a witch guy called abe who made kind of a move on Anna this book so maybe she's going to be torn between her witch boyfriend and her human boyfriend except not really because she's very into Seth um but there we go every YA book has to have a love triangle apparently even though a love triangle isn't really what it is it's more of a line but there we go it was original enough to hold my attention the writing style was pretty good aside from that whole she randomly knew names that she shouldn't have known stuff which was very odd uh, but it was a quick enough read pretty intriguing there was enough backbone in the protagonist that i didn't shake the book and go what are you doing you stupid girl that was pretty enjoyable and i recommend it uh, so i'm going to be reading the sequel i think it's called a witch in love worryingly the third part is called a witch alone so i don't know what that's about uh, but i'm going to be reading the sequel reviewing that as well and if you'd like to get hold of the first part i'm sure you can find it anywhere that you would normally find books in the meantime if you'd like to recommend anything else to me do let me know drop me a line on twitter or you can use the email account which sometimes i check or get in touch via instagram at witchfixpodcast because i'm on instagram probably too much and in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one.